Welcome to another episode of At The Bar Podcast. As Jeff interrupts my intro, but I'm going to go with it because I... (laughs) (laughs) Because why not? Yeah, right? Once again, I'm your host, Mike, and joining me are the usual suspects on one screen that we are all seeing. But you, we have Hollywood himself. That's me. Happy happy birthday, Jeff. It's a little a little belated, but well, yeah. Belated, but you man. were there. You were there for the birthday. You uh. Well, I'm trying to be. Yeah, I'm the... trying, to, trying to. We record a birthday episode for you, like we did me. So I'm trying to give you some of the spotlight. Well, dude. Okay, I don't need any more of the spotlight. I was so blacked out that night that I think I I lost <laughs> all light. Like light went away. No spotlight. No light at all. Black out completely. So you did it correctly. Yeah, you were. Yeah, we got you. We got you all messed up. There's a the video. Oh, Mike, you got to have the video of of me doing when you guys all want to do the shotgun. I had two eye patches on, um, one on each <laughs> uh, eye. That girlfriend of yours, because I didn't have anything. One on each eye, and then everybody tried to hit me with water balloons, and they wouldn't pop because I'm made of like fucking fat and blubber. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie has those videos, and we were t- uh, chugging uh, tang- Tangier. Was that what we were chugging? Oh my yeah. god, That's it's awesome. bad when you can't remember like what you shotgunned, and I only shotgunned one beer that night. But everybody wanted to CCC with me, like every, it yeah. was so many. What, Jeff, what's 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 CCC? Uh, CCC is the Cider Chug Club. It's uh that's trademarked, by the way, <laughs> for all you people trying to steal it. <laughs> it's not trademarked. I'm totally kidding. But how many cease and desist do you have out right now? I I don't have any. None. <laughs> all I did was. All we did was rednet patent it. We just sent it, sent ourselves an email. CCC. Yep. That's the way to do it. Um, the CCC man. Guy on the let me what a good club. Let me introduce Chris. God. Sorry. <laughs> about, no, we need some spotlight here, man. And then you can. Okay. All right. Fine. All right. That's Chris. Everybody. Jeff, continue your story. No. What? No. Hey, Chris. Hi. Okay. And the other guy on the mic is Foxy Chris. Chris, what's up? How's it going? Jeff. That's all I got. All right. You got your spotlight back. <laughs> You want me to have a uh, well, cider chug club? Cider chug club. CCC. So it's all about the journey, you know. It's not about chugging the the cider as fast as possible. It's about just drinking a beer with your friends. It all started out of uh, some kind of weird, convoluted way to get a better discount on beers, <laughs> but it turned into a real adventure where we chugged a lot of ciders. I actually won. Uh, I won a, a contest with World of Beer for being the loyalty member out of the hundred something thousand who drank the most ciders in one month from mm. doing the CCC. Mm. I love ciders. <laughs> but, but everybody on my birthday decided <laughs> it was time to CCC with me. And, uh, I think I ended up chugging like four or five ciders that night and it was pretty yeah, rough. Yeah, you're, you're, it was like every 20 minutes. <laughs> I really thought I missed that. That's and awesome. they, they sneak up on you, man. They really do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One every 20 minutes. That'll definitely do it, man. Like yeah, you would think that's not so sneaky. That's that's right in your <laughs> That's how are you surprised by this? <laughs> they all kept ordering ciders. It was like the craziest thing ever. <laughs> like four more ciders, please. <laughs> yeah. It was a good night though. I had a lot of fun. Um good birthday, like great birthday weekend, one of the best I've ever awesome. had in my life. So it was a it was a good time. I was glad I got to see everybody again over at Wob. Cool, cool. So Chris, you got a beer by you? I do, man. What you drinking, buddy? So the reason I couldn't actually show to the to the birthday podcast was we were having dinner with some friends from out of town, and uh, he brought me an espresso stout, Jack's Java from Three Notched, which is out of uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. 
Um, five and a half percent, 30 IBUs. It's uh, it's pretty solid, man. Not too much on the roasty. Pretty mellow in the coffee, a little sweeter. Um, easy to kill a bomber of it because it's going down probably faster than it should. So, oh wow, oh, that sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, man, it doesn't suck. It doesn't suck. That's Mm -hmm. the new (laughs) catchphrase. It's actually on the button. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The chances. (laughs) Jeff, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a beer. uh, When I was up in Orlando, some fucking douchebag named Dumpster Mike gave me this beer. (laughs) And it's it's a favorite of mine now. I've had one of them. Uh, This is my last one here. And it is uh, Earlene. And I believe it's a, what an IPA, citrus IPA. It's, it's the a, Carl, right? It's the Carl's cousin, so it's Red Cypress's New England IPA, but they just use a different hop. Okay, and the Carl was the original, and they changed the hop on this one. I believe so. Yeah. Okay, it's. I mean, it's got great flavor, and it's it's a pretty good, uh, real hop forward beer. Um, and uh, it's Red Cypress. You know, I love Red Cypress, so. Definitely a good beer, and it was it wasn't a douchebag. It was Mike, and Mike's awesome. So, <laughs> thanks, Mike. You're welcome. So, what I'm drinking is is one of, from one of my favorite breweries. I know John, listener John, commented that he would like to see more of us drinking local stuff. So, I decided to follow up on him. And last week or the other day, I was I was uh, beer shopping, and I stumbled across Funky Buddha's Nip Smuggler. So Ooh. it's right here in my in my glass. It's it's smuggling season. So I, I got a, a funky Buddha nip smuggler that I will be enjoying for the show. So and no um, sediment this time, right? Last no time you had sediment years. Yeah. yeah, no sediment. Rustside melatonin. I love I love that sediment one. Oh. But and it's nice chocolate milk, milky lactose. It's it's a little the chocolate's a little bit richer than. Um, Beers like uh, Bell Cow by J Dubs, but it's still it's it's very it's very it's very good, almost like a dark chocolate. I'm digging it. Yeah, I definitely go out and, and get you know Rats and Funky Buddha and uh, I forgot J Dubs Milk Bell Cow. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, they've been killing it, man. Every every place that I've seen that's had it recently has been actually out of stock on it. Yeah, so that leads to tonight's topic. I went Segway. to hello. <laughs> I went to. I spent the day with um, Preston from the Beer Chasers, his wife, and Adam uh, Adam C, who actually listens to both shows, is a big fan. Hey, Adam, so what's up, everybody? Um, we went to Sarasota with J Dubs, did an episode of the Beer Chasers there, and then after that, we went to Motorworks up the street in Brand- and Bradenton, and then at night we kind of capped it off at Mad Beach in Madeira Beach, and everything kind of everything. Each brewery had its own unique story, so I kind of want to start with the J Dubs one. Um, pretty much, I early on I had a habit of judging a brewery by the beers that I can get in distro. And over a year ago, when I went to Three Daughters with Preston and a couple other friends, I kind of realized that I was being a d bag and and you know kind of jumped the gun a little bit. So I went to uh, we went to J Dubs and they had the usual suspects on tap: the Kolsch. Belcal on Nitro, they're they're big up up top IPA, you know you know the basic stuff. Yeah. They also had like a Munich Dunkel. They had um, a Oyster Stout with Sage. They had a bunch of like a, a a pepper beer, all these other beers on tap, and they were all 
freaking great. So J Dubs to me was always kind of like an average brewery. Like they were there, you know, their passion fruit wheat is good, but nothing really stuck out. But I have a whole new appreciation for breweries. And same thing with Motorworks too, of going to a brewery, having the stuff that they don't sell on distro, and then like having my opinion changed. I kind of want to, as a discussion, kind of go around the table and, and see what you guys, any breweries that you guys have been to or any experiences that, you know, you might jump the gun, judge a little early. And then how your mind changed once you once you went there or got oh, there. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you first, um, because you know you said you mentioned a couple styles and some things they had on, and obviously you know an oyster stout is is kind of a. Well, I don't even know where that originated. I'm assuming America, because let's be honest, the Europeans probably wouldn't be that fucking nuts. But, um, you know, do you think that the breweries when they surprise you like that? Do you think it's because they choose? Uh, a region or a style or, or something to run with. For instance, like Motorworks does a lot of German style beers. We've talked about rap before. They're very German inspired. Um, you have, you have places like Oma gang and, um, and Weyerbacher who are Belgian influenced. And um, you know, some of the people that surprise me are because they, they stay into their lane and they kind of do one thing extremely well. Do you think that that is something you maybe experienced at those breweries that surprised you? Um, with, with rap, I, I would agree with that. Um, cause I didn't realize rap was German, a German brewery till I actually went there. And some of their, some of my favorite beers from them are not German. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, I don't know if goes as a German beer, but whatever. It and is, they're chocolate yeah. peanut butter. Is it, is it German? Yeah. It, 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 okay. I think it originated in Germany. Yeah. Gozes, Gozes are definitely German. Yeah. I believe. Okay. So I take that back anyway, but I mean, it, it makes everything kind of. Um, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how to answer that. Um, it it changes things in terms of of breweries. I think are either they're diverse or they're really hardcore in the hole with whatever style. So, like you know, with rap, they're super German. With uh, you know, civil society, they're super IPA like trendy. Mm-hmm. But um, with J Dubs, they I think with them they. They, you know, we were talking that they brew what they want to brew, and they, you know, there's a couple styles that were there, like the oyster style with sage, like the Munich Dunkel, that don't necessarily are hot items in terms of beers that I order, but they're like eye catchers, and they caught my eye, and I ordered of you know my flight, I had both of them, and they were fantastic. But it it, it makes me appreciate the brewery more when they take risks like that in terms of brewing stuff that isn't necessarily going to sell. Or or kind of foreign or not trendy, so to me, I think it works out with and J Dubs and Motorworks' case of Motorworks. They didn't really have anything German. They had a triple IPA on. Really? Um, yeah. Um, Motorworks. I know they used to do a lot with Kolsch's and and like the lighter German styles, the Pilsners and the Kolsch's and things like that. But I remember at one point they had a, um, they had four or five different treatments of their Kolsch, and I believe their Kolsch is a medal winner. Not at GABF. Uh, um, J-Dubs, their Kolsch is a gold in the some beer backyard or craft beer, America, whatever it was. I, I uh, could yeah. see Kolsch's being a huge thing. I know we've talked about that before, but I know Motorworks has one that's that's pretty phenomenal. And I've had it with Cucumber. I've had it with a few different treatments. They've done uh, a few different styles on that same beer. And 
Um, I was impressed with their their German, the way they do it. And I've, I've actually spoken with one of the brewers there, and he says he does a lot of German-inspired things. But a triple IPA, obviously, is about the furthest thing away from German. So, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and, and with, with Motorworks, too, I think they're one of the only local breweries that I think is doing like a Crystal Vice on the, on the regular, too. So they're doing that. Now that's event. awesome. Yeah. Because I, I know that there was, there was some back and forth between them and some distributors throughout the state where distributors were hoping to kind of see that come out. Because... You know, if you look at the landscape, there's a couple cultures out there. There's a couple IPAs, a couple heffies, things like that. But they were really hoping to see something kind of, you know, that not a lot of other breweries were doing. So, I wish I wish they made more. I wish more breweries made more more cultures and treatments because that that I love that style that that German, you know, <coughs> crushable style. But with but with full flavor and body, it's like crushable because it's yeah. super crisp, but it has the flavor of an ale. And it has like the body of a light ale beer. You well, know what I mean? Like, you know how like some of those lager styles can be so light that it's like you're just drinking air a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the Kolsch yeah. body and the crisp, the crispness of like of like a light lager mixed with like a little heavier body and a little bit more flavor. Well, it's cool with yeah. those too. If you want to get really nerdy on it, it's one of like the very few styles that's actually almost a hybrid between a lager and an ale. Yeah. Anyway, just I actually tell me. people that. Yeah, and, and there's not a lot of those out there. And, and then whenever you, you know, once you kind of respect that and kind of appreciate it, you can kind of dissect a little bit of that mellowy kind of like lager technique and that estuary kind of ale characteristic too. And a it's, Kulsh, it's kind of cool, man. A Kulsh is technically, it's a lager brewed at ale temperatures. Um, or close to ale temperatures. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're looking at lager, at a, lager yeast at slightly higher temperatures, I believe. Yeah. So like low 60s. So yeah, so uh, it you just will be like, you're wrong. <laughs> and honestly, yeah, like the, with well, the, you the can do it. The fact checkers are out too. tonight, or or it's the yeah. opposite, where it's like an ale yeast at lager temperatures or something like that. But um, well, I've always I've always liked those from from local breweries. And honestly, anytime I go to a new brewery and they've got something like that on the menu, that's part of the flight for sure. Because that's it's like the cheese pizza theory. Like if you go to a new pizzeria and you try the cheese pizza and it's messed up, then you can probably count on everything else being messed up too. Right, hundred percent. I agree with that. Um, just for so uh, what, uh, fact checking, I fact checked. Goza is German. In okay. case people were wondering, I actually looked it up. Thank you. Okay, cool. All right. So you know, with R&D. with um, <laughs> uh, so what breweries have you guys have been to that you might have not? You know, going there really changed your opinion. For I would say, let's do for the better. Okay. Uh, you know, you went there like they're like, no, nah, you know, so Mike's Brewery's kind of all right. You go to the, you go to the tap, you're like, holy shit, this place was was made for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I guess Jeff, we'll let you go first. Okay, because I know um, you got something in mind. Let's see, the ones that like really blew me away. Um, we we a few of them we've done on the on the show already. The one big one that stands out to me instantly is um is Due South. Um, a brewery that is in ma- is in massive massive distribution, you know uh, a handful of their core beers. Everybody's heard of Caramel Cream Ale, but when you go there, it's a completely different experience than you'd expect. They have all these; uh, it's just so down to earth. It's like a warehouse feel. You're in the brewery when you're drinking. Like they just rope it off and and put tables up and like mm-hmm. it's just it's it's very casual. The beers on tap were surprisingly different and cooler than what you would expect from a massive distribution standpoint of a a brewery that's on that level. Um, 
and do I mean do south all their mainstream you know all their distro beers I would say are you know solid 3.5s to fours um, they all hit style perfectly and they're all you know better than average offerings at what that style is but like when you really get into what they do well and you get those one-offs and you get the one-eyed tiki's and the mariana trenches and the things like that they have treatments of every of, the, of every one of their beers and, the, and they just have an ability to do something really cool there and i love that it was outside the box totally different than what you think you know like when you walk in and you're walking into like a a granite factory with like the countertops next door stacked up and you're like, what the fuck is this place? Yeah. And then like you walk into something like creepy sketch back door and all of a sudden you're in a warehouse brewery that's like gigantic and there's all kinds of cool stuff going on. So um, I would say do South's a great one, a good example of, of over uh, underselling and overperforming and just giving you an experience when you go to the brewery, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like just the little things, I think the tiniest touches help, but naming all of their tanks after, uh, after space, uh, space shuttles, That's because cool. like, you know, in Florida with this history in space with, with Kennedy space center and everything, which granted they're not on the space coast, but like, it was just, it was a cool little thing to tie in. All their tanks had a shuttle name, um, after an actual, you know, live space shuttle launch and, it was just it, very little cool things like that, but it ties your tour together and it gives you something to think about. And uh, I, I love Due South a lot. Another good one would be uh, Saltwater in Delray Beach. Um, they're just kind of the opposite of Due South as far as size and like awe, being like a little bit awestruck when you walk in because Saltwater is a smaller place, but they have just a really cool homey tap room a little sitting area with couches and stuff. There's art all over the walls and everything's for sale. Uh, a cool outside courtyard, but you know, their beers on tap were better than what you see, you know, at your average brewery. And they, they definitely, once again, you know, they undersell and overperform. And I like breweries that give you that experience and they give you a good beer in your hand too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those were the two that stood out when you started, when you asked the question though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Chris, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I got a couple of them, man. Like traveling throughout the state and stuff, I've been fortunate to bump into a few of them. J Dubs, you know, I'll kind of kick it back to what you were talking about earlier. They're they're definitely one of the same ones to where, you know, kind of getting that brewery experience outside of what you just see in distribution is key sometimes to really kind of understand what a brewery is doing behind the behind the curtains. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with them, I mean, like you're used to seeing their Kolsch out and their Uptop IPA and stuff, which are all really good beers. Um, but, you know, something that maybe you try one, you move on to the next thing kind of thing. Uh, nothing negative about it. But, you know, when I went down there, they had the same kind of Munich. Du- I think it's the Drunk Uncle, which is the Munich Dunkel they have. Something like that. Yeah. What a great name. Yeah, right. Where, uh, you know, it was, it was one of those ones where when I got the flight down there, I saw that one. I mean, how many breweries are doing that style? So you check it out, see how well they're pulling it off. Um, I think I had a scotch ale. There was like a sour apricot ale that I did too. They're souring like that they were doing. I'm not sure how they're doing it, but everything was super clean, super tasty. And it's one of those things where like you wouldn't really know they were doing that outside of their cores. You don't see a lot of one-offs from them in distribution. Um, so when you when you kind of see what they're doing to play around at the brewery and just kind of have fun, it's always cool to see that. Um, yeah. With another one, I've always kind of had like a, a near and dear spot in my heart for Pingleheads Imperial Red. I don't know if either of you guys have ever tried that one. Such a great beer. So good. So freaking good. I and love Imperial Reds, and that was the original one that I fell in love with. I, dude, I'm in the exact same boat. It's one of my favorite styles. Um, 
but there was one where so that's that's another one where it's like i think it's called brewer's pizza is the name of the actual place that they're brewing out of um little pizza shop kind of you got to go out of your way to look for it you probably wouldn't even put two and two together that they were there unless you actually googled it um but they just have a really cool lackadaisical approach to the to the brewing. I mean, it's one of those, yes, they take it seriously, and all the beers were, were awesome, spot on. Um, but also at the same time, I think I was talking to the head brewer there, and uh, one of the beers he handed to me, he's like, tried it. He wasn't a fan of it, but he was like, hey, it was our new brewer's first beer. We liked it. He's not happy with it. We're going to sell it anyway. Pisses him off kind of thing. Um, right. Cask and Larder, I'm a huge fan of them. Um I think I have a giant bias towards them though, just cause the entire like food option that they have going on. And it's just a cool spot to kill a few hours. Um, and then we already touched on them too, but civil society. Um, I hadn't really had anything from them before I went to the tap room. Um, but that was, I think it's because of the circumstances we all went there after like this big beer festival thing, really cool group of brewers and all that kind of stuff. And you know, the, the beers were insane. You know, the people were raving about it at the tap room. They just, they knock everything out of the park. The service is great. It was like three or four deep at the bar the entire night. Wow. So they're, they're doing something right down there too, man. So I'm, I'm literally, that's seven minutes away from me right now. I kind of hate your face right now. You but I something. haven't, I haven't been yet. I haven't been what? yet. Dude, you got to go check it I out. Know. You had, you've had the beers though, right? I've had their beers. Yeah. I've had them at festivals and they're in, um, I had somebody had a, either a growler of one or something I tried. I've had a hand. I've had three different IPAs from them. My cousin, my cousin who happened to also be my realtor and I went and we, when we were doing our closing, I went to his uh, apartment. He lives in Abacoa. Mm-hmm. When I say he lives next door to civil society, civil society is on the corner. Mm-hmm. There's that little street. There's a hair salon on the other side, like caddy cornered. Yeah literally on the same side of the road, my cousin's apartment shares a wall with that hair salon. Holy, That's, He's about, he's about 25 feet from civil society. Is it a really weird spot? To, it's like one of those kind of like community areas where all the businesses are on the first level. And then you've got like apartments, maybe like three or four stories above um, all the way. up. Around. Yeah. Well his, and then if you go, if you go just past where the first level, like that next building where the hair salon is, mm-hmm. that's an apartment building. And the the apartments are all on the ground floor too. So like he has a patio, he has a back patio that opens up to the sidewalk. And if you turn left and walk ten feet, you're in front of civil society. That would be a dangerous, dangerous place to live if that were me. Have a rough time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So my my answer is is you know the story is just for, about my experience with Jesus, but for a, a brewery to be in, in distro and me going to the tap room and really being blown away by it. I would agree with Jeff and say do South, but I am a huge fan of do South do South. So when I went to the tap room with, for the show, I wasn't surprised by not only what they had, but the quality of it. Cause it's like their distro beers. I think I agree are three and a half to four is like, they are like easily like the best top three readily available beers for Florida. Like they're category three and five IPAs or like the best, one of the best IPAs that you can get in Florida and they're available year round. Like their flagship beer is a caramel cream and no one's done that. So um, just a comment on that. I mean, do South, yeah, but I also wasn't surprised. But for me, and this is going back like three years, is the first time I went to, I had Funky Buddha when it hit Orlando. I went to Wab UCF and had the Floridian. And I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I had everything they had. 
But when I went to the tap room in Oakland Park for the first time, it was like, you know, our show was like bourbon barrel aged this, all this like Dude, yeah. great beer. And I was just like, whoa, like this brewery is like made for me. <laughs> like everything yeah, they had on tap at the brewery was like phenomenal. So that, that to me is probably the answer that sticks out the most uh, in terms of uh, breweries and distribution that, you know, like I was like, you know, this, these are good, but I'm not blown away. And then having my socks rocked off when I got to the tap room. So, yeah. And the thing is, so I actually wanted to say Funky Buddha too, but I went to Maple Bacon Coffee Porter last year prior to ever being in that tap room. And then I went to the tap room the next day. So like, I was fully prepared for how awesome it was going to be because I just spent an entire day before at their beer event. Mm-hmm. So like I just drank Toppling Goliath and I just drank Aardwolf's White Russian Imperial Stout and I just drank 2013 Hunapu and like all this stuff at their event in their backyard at that little park. So like the next day that, you know, I went into the tap room and I was like expecting all that and, and they had all the leftover beer. So they had all these freaking tens on freaking tap mm-hmm. and i was just like i was already expecting it so it didn't blow me away as much but i do completely agree with you mike if you're going to go to a brewery that just wants to blow you away from the second you walk in the door especially on quality of product funky buddha you can't go there and not find a beer that you aren't not that you like that you're not in love with like all their beers Absolutely. are everybody will have a beer there anybody people who don't even like beer you'll have a beer there that is your favorite beer literally as a testament to that so we were going down like the fiance and i were going down to miami for a weekend and we were i meant to stop at the oakland brewery because they had just opened like a month before that but we ended up at the original location like the little hookah lounge kind of oh yeah that's awesome that's in delray right yeah i mean it was a cool spot for sure i I was kind of bummed because it wasn't this giant 30 barrel system i was hoping to see but they pilot batch there what's that Pilot batch there still. Yeah, man. So like, so the fiance, if you don't know, she hates beer. She can't try anything that she's actually enjoyed ever. But she appeased me and, and was was willing to sit there for thirty minutes while I, you know, geeked out. <laughs> and uh, so I, I think it was a passion fruit Berliner Weiss. I tried it and I was like, if you're gonna like any beer, try this. And she tried it and she actually ordered a pint of it. It's the first time nice. and last time since then I've ever seen her order a beer. So it's a testament to the fact that you will find one. That's a really good one. So. That's right. Oh, I mean, they have, and they push the envelope. Like we've talked about their lychee Berliner Weiss before. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even taste like beer. I everybody knows damn well how much I hate Berliner Weisses, and like it was a phenomenal beer. Like it's it's in one of my it's probably in my top ten of their beers, which is a testament even to make it there because they have so many beers that have made my top ten list of their own beers. But it's it's a phenomenal beer, and it was a, a literally like a lychee fruit. Berliner Weiss, and it was just like anybody can find something there that they love. They have fucking sweet potato casserole, blueberry cobbler, uh, Reese peanut butter cup, fucking everything. You know, like double IPAs, Hefeweizens. I mean, they they, they run yeah, the game. Yeah, the tradition, the traditional styles, the American yeah. styles, and then the the culinary inspired uh, specialty ales. I would call them because like maple bacon coffee porter is basically a specialty beer at this point. But yeah, we'll call it a porter. You know, but. Um, but yeah, they just, they always have something that's going to blow you away. Yeah. So <clears throat> after J dubs, we went to Motorworks in Bradenton, which is, uh, they have the biggest, uh, beer garden in the state of Florida and that's it cool. is huge. Just like the Kia commercials. It's huge. But 
<laughs> but I was, we got there and I, I walked inside. And I was like, oh my God. And I walked outside. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. So I, I texted Jeff. I'm like, I need you to remember this when I opened it. <laughs> literally. Room, just like MotorWorks. <laughs> he literally texted me that. Yeah. And I sent him three pictures. And I was like, it, yeah, it, it looks sick. It's clean. So, you know, tap rooms are very underestimated. And MotorWorks made me appreciate it. And, and that's going to be my question for, you know, all of us is uh, uh, tap rooms that really blew you away. But before we get into that, I want to say two beers I've had that stuck out to me out of all of them. Okay, the first one, they did a peach uh, Berliner Weiss, which I was expecting to turn out. I was like, well, they're just trying sours, whatever. It was tits. All the tits. <laughs> It was great. <laughs> like big, it was like big tits. Big old, yeah. Panel like Anderson. Slow mo bed watching, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're talking big it old fake, peachy. fake tits, or are we talking fatty natties? Oh, dude, no, no, fatty natties. So <laughs> it was just peach, and the way it blended with the sour, it was just like, oh man, it was so good. But they had this beer, and I thought of Jeff, and I was like, I'm not, a, I know Jeff's working, I don't want to bother him. But they had a lavender ale. That was brewed with lavender, and it was so potent that it smelt like perfume, both mm-hmm. on the aroma and when you tasted it. There was so much lavender, and it. it was almost minty. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm having a weird beer. I'm cool as motherfucker." How was it? <laughs> so it was great. I gave it a. Uh, I actually didn't rate it on 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 tap because I was drunk as shit. But um, I give it a four out of five. I really enjoyed it. Um, lavender. It's one of those, it's like chocolate lobster. Like, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it because there's so much lavender in there. That's like Febreze. Dude, there and was a, there was a, uh, a tasting or a tap room that opened up from where I was living up north. And they did one, I think it was called Gypsy Rose. It was like rose petals, chamomile, and lavender, and like a Belgian wit style beer. And it's, it really was one of those love it or hate it in the sense where like I thought it was awesome, but I gave it to a friend of mine. He said it tastes like grandma's bathwater. So, yeah, so it's a those can be really really polarizing for sure. But you know, as long as it turned out well, man. I mean, I think it turned out well. I'm gonna give it. It was it was good. It was really good. Really? Yeah, I I do. I loved it. Um, but it's one of those beers. Like I say, it's it's either you're gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. And it was it's it was very very lavender. I feel like it's uh I feel like it's like those coconut blondales or something. You know, like you either love them or you think they taste like sun sunscreen. Yeah, yeah. Like it overpowered the flight. That I had, and I had uh, a stout, a sour, a porter. I think another stout, and then something else. But like you could, I would have loved that. And I it probably would have loved it. Yumi, aromatic. It. I mean, it was. It's one of those beers that you can have like one pint and be like, "All right, I'm fucking going back to the the peach Berliner." <laughs> yeah, there you go. What you go, man? But you know, the question. Back to the question is, what in your experiences? You know it. Tap rooms that have really kind of st- stuck out in terms of just uh, not necessarily. I mean, I guess ambiance matters too, but like just the vibe. Like you walked in not expecting it, you're kind of blown away. It kind of like you know made a jam in your head a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So it. I feel like we're all going to attack this from different angles, um, just kind of based off of where we come from and what we kind of grade as success and and, and failures in, in the industry. Oh, yeah. and stuff. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, man. Um, I think one of my favorite things about some of the the tap rooms that I've been into uh, that have really blown me away has been just kind of seeing what their day-to-day operation is. Like, what is it that, you know, it's easy to try the one beer 
that they're they're hyped up and known about, or maybe two or three of their core brands, and then just kind of build an opinion on that alone. But outside of the branding, outside of the liquid, like you know, what are their techniques? What are they doing? Um, you know, who's making it? Do they do it for the right reasons? Are they cool people? You know, really, really breaking that that bridge from oh, you just buy it on a public shelf because it looks cool, as opposed to hey, I got to know the guy that made it, and I found out the story behind it, and you know, they tweaked it four or five different times from this, this, and this because of these reasons, and that wasn't you know what I mean? Like those kind of backstories that that not a lot of people learn about um and and i don't know if you guys kind of get that same thing but you know the one thing i found out or that i've seen with a lot of beer drinkers in florida at least is is they're not really getting into it or they for a while because of the amount of breweries that we had they weren't really getting into it because you know there was a lot of breweries around them it was you know they started seeing craft beer from other areas on the shelves so they're used to kind of just trying the beer they like the brand it's not really about the brewery itself they like the brand more than anything if that makes sense right. yeah 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 mm-hmm. so so really kind of giving a personality and, and kind of seeing who's behind the brand and where it came from and why i think that's that's kind of what's really helped a lot of the the tap room stand out to me the most you know what i mean sure yeah yeah, yeah. jeff where you want um, me to go no, I'll go. Um, the ones I, I, you know, the ones that stand out to me, I, I look at it as a, a consumer standpoint and a hospitality standpoint, um, which is infuriating because I, when you when you like get into what I do for a living, you can't like go to restaurants without noticing all the little bullshit that pisses you off about your own restaurant. Mm-hmm. So like if you go and, and if you go and you see like you sit down at a restaurant and there's like a direct TV channel that's just like the direct TV thing bouncing from corner to corner on the screen or a soap opera. That infuri- yeah. It infuriates me. I'm like I'm like somebody put something on that fucking TV right now or I'm going to flip out. But um so for me that's that's like my lens when I go into a brewery. So the ones that really blew me away um you know about being about atmosphere and being about the experience um, two Henry's we've talked about them a handful of times, but they're a great venue space. They're key and curly wine as well. Um, and so they have a winery grounds. They own a lot of land out there in plant city and, uh, and you can take tours of the winery. People do wedding photo shoots out there. Um, they actually do weddings and wedding receptions in the venue space as well. And it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous brewery tap room. Um, a lot of like all wood and the wooden deck and there's an outside bar and a stage and everything. It's just, it's, it's a great entertainment hall venue for weddings, venue for parties. Um, and just a really beautiful, the grounds are beautiful. Uh, it kind of takes you out of Florida for a minute and puts you in Napa Valley or something despite, I mean, it's not obviously Napa Valley. You don't have the mountains and you don't have all the hills and all the, you know, but it, it just kind of takes you out of Florida for a minute and puts you into a really cool experience. Um, so I do love it there a lot. Uh, other ones that have kind of blown me away or, or surprised me with, you know, really just doing an exquisite job. Um, I would say angry chair in over in Tampa, they have a, a very sick tap room. It's tiny. It's real small, but their beers always on point. They're, uh, their treatments of their beers are are creative and well executed. They have a lot of like really cool, almost creepy, um, abstract like death and skeleton murals all over the walls and stuff. Yeah. Um, their bar stools look like angry chairs. Like I don't know how else to describe it, but it looks like a chair that's pretty mad at you. Uh, <laughs> like I don't know, but it's just it's a very cool, uh, really awesome tap room. They they 
put it in the little details there um, that made it that made it like a really awesome experience over there. Um, Cage uh, in St. Pete. Really? Yeah, man, I like them. They were cool. I bumped right. into them a while ago. I was yeah. Not I thought that was a really sick tap room. They had arcade games. They had little mm-hmm. funny signs. What was the sign in the bathroom wall, Mike? Oh my god! I, something it's about like pissing all over the place or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, but they just had like funny signs, and they had like cool video games, and and they, they had a literal like a cage, kind of like the way I don't know how to describe it, but a really cool outside, and it was just a, it was a it was a really neat place for St. Pete. Like you didn't expect yeah. that oh, yeah. brewery oh, yeah. there. Um, so I thought that was a really cool one that surprised me and their beer quality was good. We had some really great beers there as well. Um, Sorry, Preston. and really <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, I think that, you know, the beer quality is what's important, but, um, I think that, uh, the experience is really good as well. You know? Yeah. I'm kind of the opposite of Jeff. Um, when, when you talked, when, you know, you talked to me about a brewery, the tap room or the way the tap room looks. It's probably the last thing I'll ever mention because really, it's weird. I, yeah, I can care less about what it looks like, but if it's either done really bad or really right, then it'll stick out to me. If that if if that makes sense, no, but for like, sure, yeah, yeah. So like when I go to brewery, I'm going. I'm I'm never going by myself, so I'm always going with at least one other person. So to me, the the atmosphere kind of takes a back seat because I'm focused on the beer that I'm drinking and then the person I'm. I'm talking to unless it's really great to where i'm like oh my god this is like blown, or like so i'm like i'm like pa- really passive about it but uh tap rooms are really kind of took me took me back it's is uh i mean i funky blue is really good but uh three daughters to me really sticks out um because it's just a huge warehouse you have the whole inside that's really nice the, the nice wood and the and the aluminum and then you go out in the warehouse where they brew the beer and there's like a huge stage with you know human size connect four and and uh ski ball or whatever the hell that fucking game that celery city has um <laughs> yeah uh and a bunch of different games uh twister tic-tac-toe all this stuff it's very kid friendly so to me it's three dollars really is like Taproom kind of was like I was like, dude, this is really nice. Um, another one would would be uh, Green Room in Jacksonville. Yeah, dude. Actually, I really really liked what they were doing, man. <laughs> and it's there's their tap room like not to be mean, but isn't anything like extravagant. No, but I totally get a beach vibe, hardcore, because they're across the street from Jacksonville beach. But for some reason, when I walk in there, I feel like I'm on vacation. Like the beach setting is just like sinks in. There was like, yeah, bro serves up, you know, bring your dog kind of deal. Yeah. But for mahalo, some, man. Mahalo, bro. But for some reason, like going <laughs> to green rooms, tap room, I was like, it just like it clicked. Um, and then probably another one would be for some reason. I, I was a huge fan of, uh, of, uh, was obviously MotorWorks was was a, a surprise for me, but um, another one would be, oh man, they're they're escaping my they're they're escaping me right now. Um, Yingling, not really craft. Well, technically craft, but the Yingling plant in in uh, Tampa, I really okay. like their tap room. <laughs> Just because it was it's, it's a cool one, man. I it's like dated, it. It's dated. It's old. Dude, it's like, like walking into like a Mad Men episode. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I've never been to it, but that sounds awesome. Like something that takes you back in time. I would love that. 
Oh yeah, it, it feels like you're like a 1992 soccer banquet. <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. <laughs> like that's how old it is, or it looks old. But uh, so yeah, those, those tap rooms are, are cool. Apparently, I'm a dumb dumb and forgot to mention the the tap rooms I actually enjoyed or took me back. Oh. I just talked about why uh, Coppertail. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been down there, but long like, ago, but I've never been. It's so a friend who works for Coppertail, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jim Jim Reedy. I think he works for Coppertail. I'm pretty sure. What's up, Jim? You might know. So, him. You're in the industry. Shout you know out Jim. Jim? I don't know Jim. Okay. J Dubs knows Chris though. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's not weird. Is that good or bad? <laughs> good. They smiled when they. When You're I was famous, like, oh, bro. Yeah, he works for so and so. He's like, oh yeah, I think I met him at the uh, the food and wine at the Swan and Dolphin at Disney. Hey, <laughs> Tell him, hey, what's yeah, up, yeah. man? <laughs> Uh, J J B or J D B or yeah, bigger guy. J- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he was oh, a he was like cool guy, man. You know him? I was like, yeah, he's like warm at Coles. He's like, no, no shit. <laughs> Good, but continue. And he's a new fan of the show, hopefully. Uh, I see the like pop up already. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, Coppertail just like their their branding super cool to me. Anyway, it's like it's weird, it's dark, it's macabre, it's 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 fun, man. And their their whole tower is the same way. Um, if you guys ever get up to Jacksonville, Ardwolf, like I fucking love that tap room, man. It's in like an old ice plant. It's just got this cool rustic like vibe to it. All the beers are top notch and they're all just super cool people. Um, mm. recently stopped into super new one. Um, I think they're like nine months old, maybe question mark out of, uh, St. Augustine it's bog brewing. So I've heard of them. Yeah, they, yeah I, mean, I was gonna go there, and I went to the ice plant, which is funny because you just said ice plant about Hardwolf. Mm-hmm. I went to the ice plant in St. Augustine dist- uh, Distillery when I was there for my birthday. Instead of going to Bog Brewing, which I heard is amazing. Yeah, dude, the beers are the beers are top notch, man, and like it's just a cool little spot to hang out, especially if you get in there when it's not too busy, and you just kind of like shoot shit with a bartender or the brewer or whatever. Um, cool little spot there, and then honorable mention. If you're ever down in, what is it? Uh, I forget what the, Seminole Heights down in Tampa. Um, you got Southern Wine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Southern Wine. Oh, Brewing, yeah. Southern Dude, they, uh, you know, it's a little homebrew shop or whatever. I think uh, Chris Johnson from Green Bench actually started the, uh, the brewing system down there or whatever. But, but he's obviously since moved on. But they, you know, they've got like, I don't know, eight to 12 of their own beers on draft at all times. All of them are solid. It's just a cool little in-house thing. They do their own kombucha, a couple guest taps and stuff. So um, it's, it's one of those things you wouldn't actually go out of your way, but every time I've been in there, man, have a couple pints, all the beers are solid. Um, really, really cool people behind the bar too. So two points, two points to add to that. J dubs had their own kombucha yesterday. And then Ryan Parker of red cypress, his brother works there. Mm. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, you know that's that. super cool. That's cool, man. You didn't know that he t- he, talked, he told you. Uh, I'm sure I did. I'm you. sure I did know that, but I'll be honest with you. There's so much beer knowledge of things that people have told me over the years, and you guys see how hard it is for me to remember just the name of the beer I had yesterday. So I'm yeah, sure, sure I did know yeah, that I'm at some point, but I probably yeah. forgot about it. Yeah, Jay does have their own kombucha. Now that that reminds me, and Ryan Parker's brother works there. Right. Southern and Red Cypress are connected. Yeah. So to continue on my journey, I went north more to Madeira Beach and John's Pass. Went to Mad Beach, a brewery 
that I was like crazy for. I mentioned them a couple times about them being my one of my top favorites that everyone needs to go. And it's a must hit for the St. Pete area. Well, I kind of take that back. And Do you? This reason, but it pissed me off, and I'm still kind of pissed off about it. So Preston went to order 12 wings, and Jeff, your your opinion on this? I, I really want to know as Chris okay. as well. But your yep. your okay. GM of I'm, restaurant. Yep, got it. In your area, so Preston wanted 12 wings, right? And we all know how fucking chicken wings are cooked. But he wanted six in sauce A, B. And he knows the head chef there. They've done an episode together. Like, Press is not a stranger. They said they will not do that. And that drove me up a wall. I will, I will so tell much. you that, that every restaurant that I have ever worked at that does wings will split sauces at least in half. So... What I will say is it, it seems it seems like it's not a big deal for the kitchen and it is it has potential to really fuck up the kitchen if it's if it gets out of hand. Um, so I, I it seems simple enough, but like just the fact that each of those modifications when it goes in has to be read, they have to be remembered, then there's you know then there's the actual it's it's an extra two or three steps to plating that dish. Um, which when you're in a hurry and you're trying to plate nine, 10 to 12, 15 dishes, you know, it, it is a thing, you know, it can't, it has potential to kind of fuck up, but in no way is that acceptable. Like you do that, you do that to the, for just the simple fact that you look fucking cheesy for not doing it. The way I look at it and kind of what my rule is, is anything that's on the menu is fair game for modifications. If somebody comes in and you don't have and you don't have, um, what well, I don't know. Let's call it Swiss cheese. You know, it's not anywhere on your menu, and that person's like, "Hey, can I get a burger with Swiss cheese?" No, we don't have it. You know what I mean? Like, even even if you do have it, they don't know you have it. It's not on your menu. You can say like, "Sorry, you know, we don't carry Swiss cheese," and I don't think you look bad for doing sense. it. Right, but because right. the customer doesn't you know. know when you know they have that other sauce and you don't want to put it on six of their fucking wings, you look like a cheesy fucking loser. Like as a restaurant, like I would leave and I'd be like, that restaurant fucking sucks. Right. And it's not I'll like give you an, I got an example of it. Okay. Go Buffalo for it. Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings. It is literally named after Buffalo Wings. They don't let you split sauces. That's fucking like, that's such bullshit. They're named after wings. That's their specialty is wings. And they're the worst place to get wings at because they won't give you a 12 piece with six and six. That's I want to, it's, it's absurd. So like I got me drunk cause I had a bunch of meats on my, on my flight. So Dude, I asked the good time. <laughs> oh, so I asked the server like towards the end as we were like kind of checking, I'm like, why can't we get like the sauces split? Like, it's not like we're asking a lot. We just, the sauce is already made. We just need six in A and six in B. Just fucking put them on a plate. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, and she's like, well, just earlier we had some kid wanted eight modifications to his burger, and it just gets out of hand because. And then it, you make it, a rule. It, it, like, how fucking backs, lazy are you to make a rule? Oh, also, I'm not that they fucking said it kid. Backs it's the kitchen up. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. It backs the, the kitchen up, which I get. It backs the kitchen up. Not. But one, there was like seven people in the kitchen, 
And they had orders, but they weren't busy by any means. So it's like eight modifications. I get it. Like that's a fucking pain in the ass. But when someone wants 12 wings, which are like 20 bucks there, like it's absurdly priced. It just wants two sauces that are already made. All you got to do is just fucking dip them in. Like what? Well, they're like, no, we can't do that. That's too much. That's too I, I see what going to say. They're lazy, but they're just, yeah. it's to be honest with you, it's laziness. It's the fact that they don't want to take the time to properly train their server to tell you, I'm sorry, we can only split our wings in half. If you get a 20 piece, you can get 10 and 10. If you get a 12 piece, you can get six and six. We don't do three sauces or four sauces, but, We'll let you mix two sauces together. You can mix 10 sauces together. I don't care about mixing sauces because that actually doesn't affect the kitchen at all. It's when you right. have to, it's when you have to kind of, unless they have like 20, say they have 20 sauces, unless they have 20 different bowls that they're going to spin your sauces in, like they have to, you know, rinse them out and clean them out between each, you know, toss, which most yeah. of the time they're going to have four or five bowls with the five most popular sauces and then they, will wash them as they go and ch- whenever they get that random sauce, they throw another bowl out. Um, so, but if you're going to mix 10 sauces, fucking mix 10 sauces and then throw the bowl in the wash. But they, the fact that they don't have a rule and they didn't take the time to say like, Hey, you bartend here, just so you know, they can get two different sauces, split their order in half. They can get two different sauces. If you get a 50 piece and you can at least get four sauces, then you shouldn't be serving wings. Right. And before before I want to hand it off to Chris, because I want to know what he thinks. Um, fuck, I just lost my train of thought. They they didn't even offer an upcharge. Like Preston was like, even if it was like a dollar upcharge to, to add a second sauce, like at least give me that as an option. But they said, nope, one sauce, 12 wings. And they're like, dude, the food there is fucking expensive. But like a, They didn't a even give you a sauce top. on the side option? No, nothing. A handful they of tots. Like, we just won't sauce them. We'll give you both sauces on the side. That's fucking nope. bullshit. Nope. So I got a handful of tots with beer cheese, eight dollars. That's how expensive Damn. that food that Mad Beach is. But Chris, I want to know what you think. So uh, I guess I'm just not as passionate about the wing sauce dilemma. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have just picked one or the other. But um, outside of that, it's I don't know. It's one of those things. Being like, I see both sides where like, if it's Tuesday afternoon at 345 and you're the only guy sitting there then yeah fucking do both sauces but you know if it's a saturday night and they seem to be busy i could see why they'd get a little uppity about it but at the same time it's not that big of a deal so if they have the means to so, do it they're deciding not to ugh. but i don't know it's wouldn't be that that big of a deal breaker to me to be honest so, but. so if, if you went to friday's and you got a platter of burger sliders which is like you know the, the four or five individual burgers and they have a list of sauces you could put on your sliders that's like eight long or you could get one sauce or you get two and two or you get you know one sauce you know four different sauces or five different sauces i'm apparently a sheep i'll go one sauce I'm like well good option oh you're so vanilla <laughs> now see i get i get like every one of them would have a different sauce yeah <laughs> bring me a thimble of each of your sauces no we don't do that Dude. sir just one sauce <laughs> i'm from i'm from you know we're, we're, we're all we're all from world of beer life, right? Like, how many samples do you give out and you just put a smile on your face and you keep giving samples and you fucking know damn well that they're not going to drink any of those damn beers because you already knew from the second that you talked to them and you asked them what their favorite oh, beers yeah. were, you well, knew see, which beer they were going to get. 
That's when you go nine different ones. Yeah, if you feel like they're manipulating the system, that's when you just go, hold on, I got a perfect one for you. You just start picking the worst ones possible you know they're going to hate. And then they don't like you anymore. They won't trust you to actually do that. (laughs) Make their fucking decision. So. I mean, to me, it never bothered me giving them like 20 samples. 20 is a far-fetched number, but it never bothered me because I get to see how they react to it. So I would, you know, ask, well, what's your favorite style? Oh, like, excuse me, I like IPA. So, all right, here's three IPAs, you know, and I know which, how different each one is, but seeing them like taste it, like to me is, is kind of like rewarding in, a, in an odd, creepy bartender way. No, I, I, I still miss that about it, man. That's, that's, I was just talking about this the other day to somebody like, I still miss being like the beer Sherpa at times to where like, they're looking yeah. to try something new. You throw a couple things in front of them. And then uh, they're just like, oh, well, shit, I never would try that. Like, I'll, I'll definitely do that. Like, that was one of those weird, like, rewarding things for sure. So, oh, this yeah. is it's like, just like Bud Light. I can't believe this I is craft beer. <laughs> I mixed the half with water for you, too. Yeah. I mean, like, I know we commented on it last episode, but that's one of the things that the world of beer really used to excel at was, was the approachable craft beer. Let's give you a, a tour into and teach you and, and guide you into the right beer. And, Mm-hmm. That's another. That's another reason that I think that you know they're not doing so well anymore. Is that I I think that has gone out the door almost completely now. It it has the people like you- us that used to teach people about beer just they're just. I mean, I love so everybody better. that works at Wild, but you know, fuck. it's just they just didn't they didn't focus on that anymore. The beer is completely out of you know out of the picture. Well, and I think the more you streamline it too, it was one of those things to where like the fact that. You know, it was expected of you as an employee to do that to people. It was almost a sifting process in itself. For those who didn't give a shit about the, you know, the beer or whatever it was, didn't go apply there. But now that they've streamlined it, it's a little bit more commercialized, and you start seeing pop up everywhere right. with a, you know, a mandated menu and Bud Light on tap and all this kind of stuff. You know, you yeah, start did you hear about that? Oh, I saw it, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you're, you're going to start seeing. Like, yeah, so that's a whole those, episode. <laughs> yeah, right. You're going to start seeing a lot of people who are just coming in because they, they've served some tables before and they need to pay their bills. They may not care about beer, but they'll go through the test. You know what I mean? And nothing against them. There's no there's no negativity there. But at the same time, it's not the same passion of trying to teach people about things that maybe some of the other people yeah. going down in the first you know place. The test isn't, you know the test isn't even about beer anymore? The test is like 90% food service? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I'm also not surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crazy man, well, they're, they're you buy rule. Make sure you get that question right. Yeah, <laughs> slow, slow death. <laughs> but anyway, so that's that's pretty much. Uh, it was a good, it was a good day overall. But you know, it was definitely something I wanted to bring on the show and, and kind of talk to you guys about. But to go into, we're gonna we're gonna shift to the news now in our second ever episode <laughs> of just one topic. And- I was gonna try, but I couldn't think I could hit the note. So. <laughs> That's not news. That's like a telephone. <laughs> that's my new. Uh, that's my new text message zone right there. That sounded like a like a goose. It's like, like, a, a, <laughs> like a drowning turkey. <laughs> it's huge. So <laughs> the the what, the first news topic. I think the biggest one in recent times since the last time we recorded the show is Fatheads is leaving Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fatheads. One of the one of the great breweries that we can get in florida said fuck you to florida and they left i don't know if it's okay let me uh, let's preface it's not a fuck you i'm, I'm exaggerating okay, I'm sure. say, let's preface this conversation <laughs> no. 
how big of a presence did they have in Florida? Were they, you know, I was they, just going to say, I don't were they know that they were that big. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything bad about them. They're, they're fucking great beer. No they're award winning and they, they deserve every success right. they have. Good brewery. But, you know, were they really like such a staple in a lot of people's view, I guess? Or Absolutely not. To no. where like this is really going to upset a lot of people. I don't I, think it's going to upset doesn't even affect people. Me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like they're, they're like eighth on my bad order. <laughs> it's funny because like they're good. Like their beer is great. But mm-hmm. like you were saying before, it's one of those brands that's associated with the North. It's not associated with Florida. Because where are they? They're Pennsylvania. Where are they from? Ohio. They're out of, yeah. Ohio. Ohio. Opened in, I, yeah, where did Pennsylvania come from? Yeah, oh, they, that's because Pennsylvania is their other, their other market. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So their other market is Pittsburgh. And then, so they have Ohio, Pittsburgh, and Florida. But, um, well, not anymore, not Florida. But, no, I mean, they're, they're great. But, like, I don't... I just I don't think the brand was recognizable enough when you have a, the Florida market, which is very young into craft beer. Uh, I think they're looking more along the lines of the the big local dogs or the really recognizable mainstream craft guys. Um, and they're you know they're the New Belgiums. They're the I mean, how many people in Florida do you still hear saying Fat Tire as a brewery? You yeah. know what I mean, like. Zero. They don't even know that it's New Belgium. They just think it's called Fat Tire. Well, so like, like I think that's the it's it's not a, nothing against Florida craft beer. These people really genuinely appreciate a good beer, but they just they're they're young in into their knowledge into craft beer. And I think Fat Heads is a is an acquired taste and acquired brand. So I don't think that it was recognizable enough. Well, it was a, it was a very underrated brand. Like it didn't get the the attention and the accolades I think it deserved in Florida, at least. Um, you know, their the distributor that they signed up with did really really well with them. They got some them into a lot of places that I don't think they would have been normally. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those like they're in a very fortunate position to where, you know, they're they're leaving Florida at a necessity. You know, it's not one of those we have the beer to do it, but we just don't feel like being down there. Business decisions. It's one of those. Hey, we you know we're killing it in our home market, so we need to yeah. dial back. We need to you know start providing in our home area. It doesn't make sense for us to you know maybe spend the money in in transportation and and all this kind of stuff to get beer down to Florida when we got people who are running out of stock in shelves in Ohio or in Indiana makes and things sense. like that. So, yeah. you know, it's a it's a really fortunate position for them to be in for sure. And especially with nowadays with, with the beer game changing so quickly um, and, and so much quicker than it used to, you know, there's really no formula for it now, too. So that you'll see a lot of breweries maybe hopefully not doing this kind of the same thing, but it'll it'll be unfortunately commonplace, I would say, for a lot of breweries to kind of dial back if they didn't really get their production uh, in line with where they wanted to be. So. Mm. So, so with me with fat heads, I think it's, I think there's a couple things. I think, you know, kind of what everyone said is lack of identity. Um, I, I don't remember ever seeing a fat head event at any bar within 15 miles of where I live. That's a good yeah. point whatsoever. Like no spotlight, no tap takeover, nothing going on that was like, Oh look, fat head at all. <laughs> well, I think honestly too, outside of, you know, headhunter and their blueberry wheat, I mean, oh, that's so good. Those, yeah, those two, mm-hmm. and then maybe a seasonal every now and then. Did you really see anything else from them? No, no, honestly, not. 
You never really saw any draft or anything like that. What was their um, What was their double IPA? They had Headhunter, and then they had on uh, the fat. It's the Spooky Tooth uh, was a great pumpkin beer. Too. One of the yeah. best pumpkin beers. Yep. And it, that again, that's one of those things. Whenever they did have some down here, it did really well. But I mean, I, I think maybe whether it was the the brewery itself or maybe the distributor, you know, there there was kind of a, a small. Uh, set of offerings offered from them in Florida anyway. So it's not like we saw a lot of opportunity to see these crazy one-offs and all that kind of stuff to really see what else they did. Sure. But I mean, at least advertise a brand in terms of, oh, we're having a tap takeover at WCF or, you know, whatever with, you know, four or five, you know, fat heads and a raffle. You know, every fat you buy, you get a raffle and you fucking win whatever, right? And then the, the, the second thing that I've been noticing a lot especially in the Florida, well, only in the Florida market because we, we live here, is that Florida, generalization, Florida beer drinkers are, are very on one side or the other, the extreme. Either you're hardcore in a Budweiser and that's all you drink and you don't care what anyone else says, you like American beer, or you're on the other side to where you're like, I really like Florida craft beer and all the other craft beer is like not a priority whatsoever yeah, on my palate. I can see that. And I it's, think... Yeah. It's definitely harder for a lot of national brands to, to make a yeah. footprint down here now. You know, with it, with the the fact that, you know, you look at maybe five to ten years ago where where beer started becoming a lot more popular in Florida. Again, it's one of those things where a lot of people learned their taste on a lot of national brands, and now that they see a lot of breweries popping up around them, they've started to gravitate towards those and kind of not cast away the national brands, but they've already been there and done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and why take a chance on that when you can? Tire, like, yeah. You know, it's. People go to Cigar City all the time, go to Funky Buddha. They travel all over the state getting that angry chair bomber. Like, you know, Spooky, uh, fat, Fathead or, or Sierra Nevada or all these bigger dog all, all get overlooked because, you know, we're on, you know, the left and the right. There's no middle ground in terms of trying other brands. Yeah, and it's, but, it's one of those things, too, to where, like, you, you almost can't blame people for that. You know, now they're they're starting to meet the people that are making the beer and they're starting to have, like, a really cool experience in the tap room. It's their local watering hole now. You know, as opposed to going to a craft beer bar to try new stuff out, they can actually go to their local brewery and just kind of see what they worked on in the last two weeks. Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, and it's definitely made it a lot more personal too. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a lot far from being divorced from where the quality and the, and the product's coming from. So it's good. Man. Right. I, you know, it's it, it sucks for national brands, you know, the, you know, whether or not their numbers are going down, I don't know. Um, but I'm sure it's a lot harder for them to compete in an area like Florida where things are becoming kind of hyper-local. So it's, it's kind of funny though. And I was thinking this and I, I've been vocal against this in the past, but it's, it's almost like it's the perfect opportunity for brew hub to step in and be like, no, you guys want to stay in Florida? We got this. Like give us your recipes and we'll, and we'll distribute in Florida for you. Dude, that's a whole nother episode on its own right there. Yeah. yeah. Right. (laughs) I mean, for, for, I think if I would open a brewery and brew hub came to me, I would have to say, well, my beer has to sell in order for me to, contract that out and if, if that had isn't selling to where they pulled it from the whole state like well no it it's be... the thing is it doesn't say that fathead wasn't selling it just says that fat had had it had a necessity to pull out to meet the demands in its two larger markets fatheads was probably selling very well in florida but they you know it doesn't nothing in this article makes it seem like they wanted to leave no, they, I mean, they're, like I said, they're in a very fortunate position to where they, they find themselves 
in the situation that they're selling too much beer. Right. Like that's, that's a pretty awesome position to be in. If you're a brewery nowadays, especially with the fact that so many are opening up and so many want to be as, as well received and as well sought out as, as what they're doing, obviously to the fact that, you know, they can't even keep their home market saturated. Like you, you can't be a brewery and keep your backyard waiting for more while you're selling other places. Cause then your your brand, yeah. Like your, your brand's going to start to suffer because then, you know, a lot of people who might be loyal to you then see, hey, well, you know, they're sending it down to Florida. They can get it down there, but I can't get a headhunter at my bar. Like, this is why the hell would I go sure. buy that? Right. There's plenty of other ones. You know what I mean? Well, in, in, in the quote here from the, the head of sales marketing, it says, with plans of our expanded production facility well underway, capacity restrictions aren't something we will need to deal with much longer, but they are our reality today and for the near term. Yeah. So it just seems like they just can't meet their demand in their local market and they needed to pull out of Florida. Um, and for a, it sounds like probably just a year or two and they'll probably be back right in Florida again. Mm-hmm. And even you then, now they've already got the distribution channels laid out. They've already, they already have, yeah, them. they already have Cavalier lined up for them and, and they're yeah, ready. Like you when know? they come back, they're, they're well ahead of the game more so than any of the other ones trying to get into distribution now. And, and they have a footprint. Yeah, exactly. They've already got accounts that, that are sad to see them go. They'll be happy to see them come back. So, yeah. so I think I think it's a good time to end it there. It's getting a little late for us old people. Holla, sure. yeah, it is. No, um, man, Cass, Cassie went to bed already, so I'm just I'm just gonna probably watch TV until I pass out. Cool. So, Chris, what do you got going on lately? You got some cool things going on on your side of the boat? Unfortunately, no, man. Just a lot of work and trying to keep the family going and. That's it's been a very boring couple of months, which is probably good. At least nothing bad's happening. So, <laughs> hey man, I'll, I'll take boring any day. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. How about you guys? Jeff, what you got going on? Oh, I've just been uh, working on the house, man. I just moved in down here in Jupiter. I got uh, well, I, I've owned the house for three over three weeks now, but it's just been. You know, a full remodel. Pretty much every surface in the house is getting touched in one way or the other. So I've been working hard on that and then still working at my job. And uh, I would say I'm about 60% done if I had to put a number on it. So I still got a ton of work to do. And um, it's rewarding, but it's getting to the point where I'm kind of like, fuck this. I hear you. How's, uh, <laughs> how's Black Marlin doing the uh, the home of the show? Man, they're doing good. We're doing real good over there. It's starting to pick up for season um it's positive feedback on everything all the changes uh we have expanded our craft beer selection so we're doing real good as we've said we've got the black marlin on tap uh permanently one of the only places in the country that carry that beer on tap uh we got white marlin from sailfish brewing out of fort pierce um high lie of course is another local favorite um we just got in TBC Chancellor cans, which did you guys know is gluten free? I, I don't know if you guys knew that. No, I didn't know that. I saw Tequesta not, for well, people who don't know. It's not. Um, yeah, that's Tequesta Brewing Company. Sorry, it's not. Uh, I guess it's not advertised as gluten free because it was not brewed specifically to be gluten free. But I guess it's like gluten reduced to the point that celiac people are like, "Nah, it's cool. We can drink this." <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like like FDA regulations say it's low enough or something. Yeah. yeah, like like, yeah. And, like a uh, mission cool where they say it's low enough. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like non-alcoholic <laughs> beer that still has alcohol in it, but it's like below one percent. So everybody's like, "No, nah, there's nothing in there." <laughs> you know, like, 
but yeah uh but yeah we're just we kind of expanded our craft selection we brought a beta in nobody knows what the fuck it is it's kind of funny um but you know just like just bringing some bringing some cool stuff in and trying to make it trying to make it all work but it's going really well cool so life is good down here in, in martin county slash palm beach county <laughs> right i got nothing really going on too much just trying to find a job uh working on the show uh it's trying to stay afloat not drive myself crazy being home all day but get no, this I mean, guy a job guys he's fucking awesome <clears throat> shout out right yeah, Mike's looking for a job. New title of the episode. Um, but no, um, I actually have an interview tomorrow morning. Um, but um, nothing, nothing's too crazy other than yesterday. Um, my sister's graduating college next week, so there won't be a, an episode next Sunday. Which by the time this goes out, this might actually take its place. Um, I don't know. I, I, I got to figure that out later. But nothing, nothing too crazy. I'm just ready for Christmas and 2017 and and. Um, to you know, start fresh. And ooh, ooh, I have a two things. Worst, I want I want to start live streaming because I yes. think that'd be funny. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Everyone could watch. I don't know when I'm going to do that, but maybe within the month, maybe like January. That'd be like our January thing. And then two, there's this game that I want us all to play because it's so fun. It's a uh, uh, Quiplash. It's it's a like Jackbox game. And it's like it's like a Cars Against Humanity, but on the computer. And it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Quiplash. Quiplash. Uh, Quiplash. Quiplash by Jackbox Games. We're gonna plug I, that anywhere. Dude, hell yeah, that, that is gonna be first fun plug as fuck. We all play. That'll be an episode. We just play this for like an hour. I'm down. But yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that's it. But once again, thanks everyone for listening and watching. Until next time, we will all see you at the bar. At the bar. At the bar. Bye.